Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We know for black women, nearly half of them working in professional jobs believe that they will be overlooked either in the hiring process or post-hiring, such as promotions, I mean, no people are equally qualified. It's just, it's it's really frustrating and heartbreaking that the HR industry hasn't moved on from that piece of paper that was first used in the 1400s and has no longer any relevance and any bearing on the kind of jobs we need to hire for now. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. I'm delighted to be here with Kiati Sundaram, CEO of Applied. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Nina. Lovely to be here. When I was talking with your colleague, what really got me was that line of career gaps can make a person but break a career. It's such a big decision, isn't it, taking a career gap? And And I just wanted to talk about really what led you to do everything you're doing, um, what led you to the pledge that I wanted to talk about and just any advice really on people who decide to take a career break and then stepping back into it. So first of all, the the sentence, the phrase, career gaps can make a person but break a career. Can you tell me about a bit about that? Because I love it. Yeah, I love it too. It's uh, a lot of brain power firing from our marketing team, but it's effectively goes back to a lot of the work we've been doing over the last four years that applied Um, and a lot of applied is based on the inspiration that the world is not equal and the world is certainly not equal in the workforce when you look at women and people of ethnic minorities Uh, and I'm one of them I'm an intersectional woman so it personally affects me and therefore the topic is really really core to me and it, it's, it's just about how we change that completely and how we flip the lens on everything we know about hiring, everything we know about the workforce, especially in this evolving world of a post-pandemic, post-BLM world where we need to understand what the needs of the future workforce looks like, what the needs of the organisation look like. There are such big statements that you're saying and, and such... Um... such an important mission how do you go about instilling that into a workforce as a CEO like how how do you get that mission statement in, in everybody's on everybody's in everybody's hearts how does that happen yeah I'd say it's easier said than done but yes my philosophy always has been that I want to be true to values and create a culture that is really honest and really driven by values. And therefore, if you go on our website, we have plastered our values as do most of tech companies, but these are not platitudes for us. These are really deep seated values for us. And one of them is actually make a fairer, better world. And every decision we make as a company, as a team, people producing the product, people doing the engineering, people selling the product, is about making the world a fairer place. So it, it for me starts with values and how do we 
want to aspire and inspire the people who come into the company um, and build around that mission. And it's about galvanizing everybody on that one single mission of making the world a better place. And that's that's why we are successful at Applied, because everyone is purely aligned and mission driven. What a workforce. So lovely to hear. You know, when you're stressed and obviously it is still a business, we all have um, certain needs that need to be met, goals and things that need to be hit. When you're at your most stressed as a CEO, and maybe when the company is at its most stressed, is there anything practically just out of interest that you do to to galvanize your your workforce? Yeah, well, we haven't had a lack of stress in the <laughs> last two years, have we? No, it's been easy breezy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's definitely a few that come to mind. Um, I will say that it's important to keep the company aligned on the mission and the values, especially in difficult times, because that's mm. what pulls us through. Uh, a lot of us are working yeah. on hope, uh, the hope and an aspiration to change the world, uh, hope to make the product so successful that there is widespread adoption, such that our organizations start looking different in the midterm and the long term. And I think that's what brings people together. But on a practical level, especially in the lockdown, it was really hard as we went from a like physical in-person company to a remote first company. And that transition has been really difficult in terms of how do we still motivate the team in physical terms without losing that sense of community. And we've done a few things like we have socials because we don't have an office anymore. So we have socials instead. We do have both physical and online socials. We also give people time off during the week if they have things to do that are personal. So it's fully flexible in that way. You can work different hours. You can decide your hours. You can like look after whoever you need to look after, for example, childcare or elderly parents, and then come to work later. And so we just work around core hours in the team as long as you're online together with your team for two or three hours, the rest of the day doesn't matter as long as you get Well, I'm done. sending my application in right now. That sounds delightful. That sounds brilliant <laughs> as a human and as a working mother. That just sounds like tick, 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 everything we need. Yeah, well, we have a majority of our workforce in the company and we are 34 odd now mm-hmm. uh, is women. And a lot of them are uh, yeah. I mean, the, the statement that we started with career gaps can make a person but break a career. Obviously, I would imagine from statistics, the, the, the majority of career gaps are happening um, around childcare, parenthood, motherhood. Um, can you talk a bit about the stigma of around career gaps and maybe just the stigma for working mothers and anything that maybe any mothers listening who are currently on a career break or about to go back into the workforce, maybe anything that we could look out for, anything preemptively we could be thinking about? Yes, definitely. I think the real important thing to bear in mind is the statistics, as you say. If you think of it in passing, it might look like a small number, but when we ran this study across the UK, we realized that one in three people are reportedly at risk of the said career Mm -hmm. gap stigma. 
and mums returning to work after childcare were disproportionately yeah. affected. And so that's what brought on this bigger uh, conscience for us for understanding how we need to rectify and what we need to do about it going forward. But it is it is the stigma as it's always existed. And that's something that we've worked on to try and contain over the last four years. And without going into the nuts and bolts of the product, the premise of the product is we should be able to test people on what matters. And everything we know about hiring has been debunked by 40 mm -hmm. years of evidence. So there's about 40 years of evidence that tells us that we've been hiring on CVs, resumes, we've been hiring on name, gender, where you went to school, how long you were worked for, all of those things have been proven by science to be not predictive of whether this person can really do the job well or not. And so when we start peeling off those layers and understanding what it is that can really matter in this new workforce, we realize that it's skills and values and mission alignment. And all of those things can be learned wherever you are. So something which united the majority of our respondents when we did the study was this belief that during their career gap, they had gained mm -hmm. new skills, they had developed skills, or they had enhanced their existing skill set. And this was completely not recognized by employers. And that's where the stigma comes in. Yeah, that's great. And it should be recognized. And that's just heartbreaking that it isn't. It completely is. And it's this disconnect between the employers and the employees' perception of career gaps, which perpetuates that stigma. And there's a subsequent lack of any kind of understanding or nuances in job applications. Mm -hmm. And when people, and especially mothers, return to work, it's just really, really difficult to make an employer empathize or understand that there has been... A, amalgamation and learning of different skills rather than a skill fade as the HR industry loves to call it like there's I don't believe that that's true that's a yes fallacy. there has been growth yeah and and then just yeah. to add on to that the racial bias that we we all know exists and the fear that maybe non-white uh employees might feel going into this process especially um as a black woman is is anything changing well i'm forever the optimist so i would like to say yes it's changing but the rate of change is slow and that's evident in again all of the data we see uh, i don't know if you know this but it, this has been proven like and and studies have been done right back in the 1990s, then 2000s, and the last one was done around 2016 or 2017. And we know that if your name is not Anglo-Saxon, so if it sounds like mine or it sounds particularly black, then you have to send five times the CVs in the UK to get a call back. In the US, that translates into five years of more experience to get the same call back for that same job. God. And this impacts black women and ethnic minorities. Totally. And then you put the career gap on on top of that. On top of that, completely. Mm -hmm. And you've just removed all possibility of that mm -hmm. woman getting into a 
the top list of top list of them to use then we've got childcare to even it has to make sense we've got to break even at least to go back to work and um you know it, it all feels daunting yeah and when we ran the study and of course it's been corroborated by other studies that have been run in the uk we know for black women nearly half of them working in professional jobs believe that they will be overlooked either in the hiring process or post hiring such as promotions and we know people are equally qualified it's just it's it's really frustrating and heartbreaking that the hr industry hasn't moved on from that piece of paper that was first used in the 1400s and has no longer any relevance totally. or any bearing on the kind of jobs totally and when you say it like that it, it literally seems ludicrous that the 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 <laughs> jobs the physical jobs on a base level the jobs that we are doing have expanded so much there are things that obviously our our parents could never dream that we are you could call a job and make money from that it has expanded and grown so far yet we're still hiring in exactly the same way it seems ridiculous doesn't it Exactly. And you put all of this together in the hiring setting, in the post-hiring context. And we realized that no wonder there is a stigma because people just have warped perceptions of what a career gap could end up being. And therefore, a lot of it is about starting conversations like these that attempt to break down some cultural or structural barriers. Mm -hmm. So for any women listening right now who are currently on maternity leave, planning to go back to work and build a career or maintain their career or return to their career, anything that, any advice that you can give that we could be doing preemptively to try and avoid falling into some of the pitfalls that we've just talked about? Yeah, unfortunately, unconscious bias holds most people back and de-biasing people's minds has proven to be very difficult and expensive. So on behalf of the candidates, as a woman who's going back into a workforce, it is going to be very difficult. And that's the sad reality. But there are a few things we could point out that might help or at least alleviate some of the pains of uh, like a structural problems in a hiring process. So one thing they could look at doing is uh, joining some kind of returners program. Uh, So career returners program, a lot of them are focused on either returning mothers or returning caregivers to the workforce or war veterans and all of these kinds of, they exist. They don't exist in abundance, but they do exist. So searching those out, number two is definitely researching the employer and making sure that it is the kind of employers uh, the ethos of the employer resonates with the with the candidate. And it's very, very important that they're not just talking the talk and not just like pasting nice pictures of inclus- inclusion on yeah, their website. But actually when it comes to walking the talk and running the processes, it is inclusive and it does respect everyone's experiences. Mm. Um, and, and while we're talking about the process itself, it's really important to showcase the skills learned and gained during the career gap. That's nice to celebrate it, celebrate the the career gap. Completely. And not a lot of 
HR managers would even ask for it, right? Sometimes people ask it in a very negative connotation where they would like, let me, why don't you explain why you've been away for five mm-hmm. years? So what did you do mm-hmm. in five years? And those are the kinds of things that and are then you could, very negative. Yeah. You back what there. didn't I do? I was a chauffeur. I was an accountant. I had a calendar for my children. I was, you know, everything as a, as a parent, as a mother, you hold so many hats. And on top of that, there's so many skills, like you said, that you could be legitimately building up and nurturing and working on. Yeah, such a negative way yeah, to frame but, it, isn't it? Exactly. And that framing sets us back. And we need to take account of that and just flip that and say, you know what, I am going to take ownership of this was a reason why I took the said skill uh, career break. And it, the reason doesn't matter to the employer. What matters to the employer is the skills I've learned. Brilliant. I think there's so much fear and you're already feeling this fear coming back from maternity or coming back from a career break that there almost just needs to be a little kind of pep talk that or a little mantra or something that we can give ourselves because it is just so daunting. I remember going back to work after my career break and um, I was so just shaking with fear that I would never find anything and and I and I and I'd be so behind and you know this perpetual fear that you've got running around in your head um, on top of all the bias that we know exists it just um it's great it's great to hear everything you're doing it's great to hear what the site's doing and great to hear about the pledge the dedicated pledge that you have calling out companies um so you've got a dedicated page on the website um, which is calling out companies yeah, to pledge to end the career gap penalty when they assess employment histories, which is brilliant. And h- how's the campaign going? What sort of feedback have you had? It's going really well. We've had some great feedback, both from HR folks in the industry and also definitely great. candidates. Um, we've worked out that a lot of statistics are disproportionately impacting people of different genders or ethnicities and that's what I think is really really representative and it's empowering people to understand that there is a bigger problem that we need to address Mm -hmm. Um, and we've now we've just started the campaign it's been a month and a half but we've seen really massive support from both the employer side and the employee side and of course, you could argue that there's a lot of employers out there who are already very advanced in their inclusion journey. And those are the ones who are latching on first. But I implore all of the employers to be a, more inclusive and see what they can do. So it's it's about just starting that conversation and that awareness piece. Amazing. And if we anybody listen to this podcast and they are... Um, in an office or in a space, is this uh, some? Is this a link that we could share with HR, maybe, or how would we? How can we spread awareness of the campaign? Yeah, we're asking everybody to send out the links, and we still have the survey open, so people can still take part. We, of course, want to collect more data over time. We've had about two thousand responses now, but the more we collect, the more we understand that this is a bigger and wider societal mm. issue. So I'd, I'd love to send you the link after and we can then send it and circulate it to your audiences if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I can add it into our, our podcast links. 
And just lastly, for anybody listening who is on a career gap and it is feeling that fear and it is feeling a little bit maybe overwhelming or daunting, anything that you'd like to say to them? Well, I'd only ask them not to lose hope because it is it is daunting. And I'd like to give an example of one of uh, the women who've got a job via applied the, the product. And I, I definitely believe that a lot of the people we work with wouldn't have been able to get the jobs. They wouldn't have got access to the economic opportunities were it not for such a product. So Jana took 10 years of work following the birth of her second child. And her second child happened to have special needs. So initially, Jana was planning to only take a break for a year or so. But then as her son started getting older, it became clearer that he needed more support. So to focus on that and focus on his development, she had to take time off because she realized she couldn't do that, both of them at that point. And what has happened transpired 10 years later is she's now in a role um, at London Sport, who's one of my favorite customers, by the way, and she loves that job. And she acknowledges that were it for a traditional CV process, she would have been penalized because of the 10 year gap, because that would have thrown off any traditional HR person who would have looked at the CV and that CV would have gone right into the bin. And what helped Jana here was when she was applying for her role, she didn't have to talk about her career gap. She didn't have to demonstrate why or explain it. Um, She didn't have to supply her employment history. She didn't have to justify it. And it just made her freer to be herself and be a bit more authentic with the whole process. And this goes back to my point of researching the employers heavily and doing some kind of reverse interview to make sure that it's not a one-sided game, that as candidates, we have the power and we can choose who to work with and who not to work with. That's beautiful. And I think it. I think it's so true, just knowing your worth and knowing that it is a partnership and knowing that you, like you said, you do have the power. It's not just us having to pander to everything they're asking for. You can do your research. You can make these choices to work out you know to find the right space for you I think that's brilliant it's great to hear her story and it's amazing to hear that she's so happy at work yeah it's one of the best stories I've, I, I talk about it all the time so you might hear me talking about it again and again here and there oh thank you Kiati. thank you so much for your time and I'll get those links and put them into the podcast notes and just wishing you all the best with everything you're doing and the campaign thanks so much for sharing your time tonight of course thank you it's an absolute pleasure dope black moms If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.